welcome to Vision Forward's Tech Connect Live, connecting you to the world of assistive technology. And now, here are your hosts, Corey and Luke. Hello. 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 Is there anybody in here? That's <laughs> really What creepy. song is that? I have absolutely no idea. Pink is that Floyd. It? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Hello, no, 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 hello, then. hello. I'm not a singer. Yeah. yeah, it's a very good song. I've never been a big. Welcome uh, Pink to Floyd this either. week in Pink Floyd. <laughs> get get your the get the dark side of the moon and Wizard of Oz ready because we are gonna. In this episode, in this episode, Corey's gonna walk us through the exact meaning of all of the songs oh, on geez. the album The Wall. Corey, yeah, nobody, let's go. Nobody, nobody can do it. Even Pink Floyd can't do that. <laughs> well, welcome everybody to the show. It's very nice to be here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, especially Back. because the yes, because the weather has finally improved here. We've yes. been rocking some 70 and 80 degrees here over the last few days, and no, um, nice. apparently on Monday it's gonna snow. So that, I did hear. That. Yeah, I did hear it was good. But uh, I'm also glad to see everybody back after last week. Uh, okay. Really, only only one person. I, we could probably get away with not even talking about two weeks ago our last Tech Connect live. Yeah. Uh, only one person, and I'm wondering if uh, was it Jen Jenny? Oh, I forgot. I can, if you are on the show today, yeah, no, please I can't remember the name, speak but up in chat. First, we had uh, technical difficulties. Mm -hmm. um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, and we only had one person. And so we had rescheduled uh, until this time. And luckily, we have more than one person. I'll tell you time. what, so, though, Corey, that one person was one of the best people ever. It really, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk dedication and a true tech connect, yeah. Head? Exactly. Is that what they call them? <laughs> Tech connecties? Connect head. <laughs> Conne yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> Connects are a thing. Uh, Connect like a okay. Bionicle type game. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I remember that. All right. So, uh, yes, our fans. Oh, Lynn is here again. Thank Lynn, you, Lynn. Lynn. Uh, thank you for coming. Big, wait, hold on. Big applause for Lynn. <laughs> oh, wrong one. Oh, God. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn. It's very nice to have you back again. <laughs> it's and, been so long, uh, I don't remember what the buttons are. Know, anyway. <laughs> and uh, welcome to everybody else. Thank you for joining us today. We have a very exciting show scheduled. Okay. And of course, if you would like to get in on the action, we very much encourage you to speak to us in the chat. That is where all the chatting goes down, <laughs> as you probably uh, could have guessed by the name. And we do love audience participation. And Corby, that usually comes in two different forms. The first form would be jokes. Oh, yeah, that's we right. Do, we do love a good joke. And the second form would be comments or questions as we move through the show. And today's show, we are going to be looking at the Oco app. Now, this app, for those of you who are not, who are not aware, is a free app. I believe it's only on iPhone currently. That's correct. We, Mike will confirm, but yes, I believe it is iPhone yes. only right yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. And um, with this app, uh, it will help us to safely cross a road if we are... Uh, visually impaired. Michael, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much, Luke and, uh, and Corey, for, for having the opportunity to present our company and our application today. So I'll maybe quickly um, go a bit back into like the history of, of our company, which is called ICE. Um, and basically, we are originally from Belgium, mm -hmm. so a small small country in Europe. Um, and basically, we started off two years ago due to the fact that we have a blind family friend. His name is Kenny. Um, and basically, myself and my two other co-founders have a background in computer science. So we're like engineers by trade. Um, and we saw a huge potential of artificial intelligence. And I think these days with ChatGPT and everything that is, is like happening in, around the world, artificial intelligence has been 
a huge part of many lives. And we wanted to bring that also for uh, outdoor navigation for blind and visually impaired people. Um, so that's actually how we started. And I'm myself, I'm 26 years old, um, uh, pretty fresh out of college. I, I started off with another, uh, so I started to work in another company, uh, but then like 10 months in, I just got the spark to, to just be an entrepreneur myself and, uh, and develop something for a good cause. Okay, that's, cool. that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Great to hear that. And uh, Koya, I feel like we get a lot of people on our show who we talk to who are, who are inspired by people that they know with yeah. a vision impairment to create something. And I think that's really, uh, really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so big up to Kenny. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, just before we get started here and learning all about the app, we do have a tradition of telling jokes. Now, Michael, we did ask you if you had a joke, but you told us you'd ask ChatGPT to, uh, to come up <laughs> with a joke, and sadly, it did not come up with anything worthwhile. Oh, and a little plug here. For those uh, who don't know about oh, yeah. ChatGPT, we do have a video about that on our YouTube channel. Corey, what is our YouTube channel? Our YouTube channel is youtube.com mm -hmm. slash visionforwardtechconnect. Or if you're not a huge fan of uh, going through the whole YouTube process, go come on over to our new site, techconnect.vision-forward.org. Once you create an account for free, it takes less than 45 seconds. We timed it. Um, you'll have access to all of our YouTube videos in a really nice alphabetical searchable uh, page. It's actually one of the coolest features of the new site. Indeed, so yes, if you haven't registered for that, then definitely go ahead and do it. Now, luckily though, uh, we do have a joke we here. We do? Yes. Okay. Uh, that's also a surprise. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, we do. <laughs> yes, so uh, here is the joke that I definitely did not look up on my phone and I'm definitely not reading from my Got phone it. right uh, now. Yep. Um, I feel like this is a relevant one because this is the time of year, Corey, when, when people sometimes start to get a little bit sick because of the weather changes, yeah. the fluctuations. So, with that in mind, why are colds bad criminals or why why do colds make such bad criminals oh why do colds uh, if anybody knows feel free to put it into the chat oh wait lynn lynn has nailed it oh what is it because they are easy to catch <laughs> oh that's pretty good hey. that's pretty good oh, I, yeah. <laughs> you just, I just uh, did that to my own joke you did, you did. <laughs> i feel like there's a joke here we can make up via crossing the street with a chicken yes uh why did the blind chicken yeah confidently <laughs> chicken strut across the road. Chick yeah, okay. like, sh you know, shaking the tail feathers. First of all, yeah. I want to see you demonstrate a chicken strut because yes. why, I'm, I'm very why did the Why did the chicken confidently do the funky chicken dance across oh, nice, the street? Nice, nice. The blind chicken. Corey, I'm guessing it's because it was using the Oko app. Am I right? Uh, no, he had good mobility skins. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, from Jose, why does Snoop Dogg use an umbrella? Why does Any Snoop ideas? Dogg use an, um, an umbrella? Umbrella, Ella, yes. Ella? I don't know. Uh, Is it appropriate? Faux drizzle. Yeah. Oh, faux drizzle. That's pretty good. I like that. I like that. Very That's pretty nice. good. Very nice. That's pretty good. All right, so well, I'm yes. going to just jump in really please quick, do, if you don't do. mind, before we get started, yes. um, because I know that this is, uh, I don't want to say it's a, a touchy subject, mm. but there is potential uh, for some miscommunication or misunderstanding. I think it's good to get we it right out. We some, in fact. We did from yes. our email uh, mm. that we sent out. So, I have, you know, we are, we are excited to talk with Michael. I've used the app. We've had a live demo, and it works quite well. But what I want to say before we even get started, and I'm probably stealing what Michael, he might have already planned to say this, but 
we want everybody to know that this is not a replacement for good orientation and mobility training. Mm. This is not a replacement for a white cane or a dog guide. This is an extra tool that you can have in your toolbox to assist you in crossing the streets, potentially making you feel a little bit more comfortable. But at the end of the day, you need to rely on your skills, your ears, to determine if it's safe to cross the street. Even if Oko says it's a walk sign and you hear cars going, yes. don't believe, <laughs> you need to trust your own uh, training. So I think it's important to get that out right, uh, right ahead of time, that we all understand that. And then we can see again how Oko is gonna be a great uh, tool that you can add to your toolbox. Indeed, and also, uh, yeah, so in our email blast, I had said, uh, you know, use the OCO app to help you safely cross the road. Somebody took objection to the word, to the idea of being able to safely cross a road at all. They said you can never safely cross a road yeah. because there's always a potential to be hit. Um, well, I mean, I kind of took a bit of an exception to that. Um, so, because I mean, I feel like, you know, you can safely cross the road. People yeah. do it every day. Yeah. I mean, you could, I mean, to, call, to when I told Corey about this, he was like, well, you know, you can't ever leave your house because it's never safe to do anything. I think that, you know? I mean, so I think that's... about meteors. There's, yeah, well, I mean, and then I think that's it. It's always a risk. And as somebody who's blind and uses a white cane, I will be honest, every single time I cross the street, there is absolute tension and get across, get across, get across. I mean, yeah. drivers have gotten, and I bet you everyone says this, but drivers have gotten consistently more, uh, more, reckless. more reckless as time mm -hmm. has gone on. And so I, I guess I see maybe what the, where they were coming, but I do think it's, it's to me, it becomes semantics. I, I mean, it's, agree. you know, it, sure, it's never, nothing, nothing in this world's ever 100% no, exactly. safe. So but, anyway, if yeah. anybody in, the, I, I'd be interested to hear if anybody in the chat has similar feelings about terminology when it comes to safely crossing roads. Is it ever safe, truly safe to cross a road? Can we ever say that? Um, yeah, let us know in the chat. I'd be interested. Anyway, this is enough of us talking, Corey. We are stealing the spotlight we do have from a special our guest. esteemed yeah. guests. Yeah. So, uh, so, Michael, uh, thank you so much for joining us and giving us a bit of uh, background there. And, uh, yeah, we would love for you to kind of uh, take us through the app um, and uh, show us what it looks like and what it can do. Yeah, sure, sure. And I think thanks again, and indeed, uh, for you both to really mention that it, I think it's good to mention that our technology or, or OCO application is not a replacement of anything. That's also something that we always tell to O&M people or just generally people that want to use our technology. Mm -hmm. It's not a substitute for a white cane, a guide dog, O&M skills or anything that you use. It's just merely another, as you guys pointed out, it's just another assistive tool on your toolbox, on your belt or however you want to call mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll quickly just guide you through like how we we started developing the application and then i'll quickly just screencast my iphone to guide you through uh, the application and also provide you more about like the feedbacks that you can expect um, but basically as i mentioned in my in my short introduction we started of two or roughly two years ago um, and we started to realize through talking to our, our friend of course kenny but also numerous of other people here in belgium we started to realize uh, the the critical challenges let's say when navigating outdoors because that was really our specific uh, niche that we were focusing on um, and from that point onwards we started to realize that crossing the street in a safe way or just basically crossing the street is sometimes daunting dangerous um, or, or, or another emotional feeling that you have um, 
and at the same time, we, we started to notice not only in Belgium, but of course it started here. We started to notice globally that a lot of cities generally don't make the pedestrian crossing accessible to blind and visually impaired people. And of course, what pops into a lot of minds for sure is the uh, APS or accessible pedestrian signal, which makes the audible cue or the vibration if you uh, touch the pole with the arrow indicating where to cross the street. But unfortunately, of course, and it's maybe a bit linked to the price of installing these APSs, they're, they're not found everywhere. Um, and sometimes maintenance is also a bit cumbersome, so you maybe can't always rely on it uh, on your travels. And that's why we started to realize both on an infrastructure level that sometimes the infrastructure basically can't follow. But at the same time, we started to realize that generally speaking, and it's basically generally for all persons all over the world, a smartphone is just a great tool for basically doing anything in your life. Um, and from that point onwards, we started to develop the OCO application. And very specifically from day one, we wanted to solve a challenge, which is crossing the street. Um, so basically for the audience, if, if you don't, or, or, or if you're not familiar yet with the OCO application, um, the OCO app is, is also a fun fact, actually. I don't know, Luke and uh, Corey, that you know, but OCO stands for human eye as well. Um, it's like uh, in Slavic languages, Croatian, Polish, that OCO means eye. Ah, and the, oh, reason, okay. the, re the reason why we actually came up with the name, of course, it's very distinct. Um, but we actually needed to make another uh, name for for application, given that eyes, which is spelled A-Y-E-S, mm -hmm. and stands for artificial eyes, because we use artificial intelligence. Mm. It's maybe a bit of a, <laughs> a pity that we chose that name in the beginning, but it's still a good name. But the reason why, if you say to your iPhone, for example, hey, Siri, open eyes, in English, it would be E-Y-E-S. Yeah, so sure. it wouldn't pick up our application, which was maybe a bit <laughs> of a stupid error that we made in the beginning. And that's why, but again, it, it was pretty funny. And that's why we, we called it OCO. And it, of course, it's also very distinct um, and you can pronounce it quite well in any other language, be that Dutch, English, German, French, Spanish, Japanese. I mean, OCO is pretty, pretty easy to pronounce. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what OCO is all about is, um, and we, we are pretty active in our home country in Belgium, and we actually launched the OCO service uh, about six week, weeks ago, so in mid-February. Um, and basically what OCO does is we convey indeed the pedestrian traffic light status to the user um, using three types of, of feedback. And as I'm uh, telling a bit more, I'll also start sharing my screen from my iPhone. So I'll also switch and mute myself in my laptop. So give me a second. All right. Sure, take your time. We have a, a comment here from Jose, yeah. which I think is, uh, is a good one. You can't live in fear. That is true. Very true. They have no vacancies. <laughs> so I can't live in fear. I thought it was just that the, uh, the rent was too high. Yeah, that's also true, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, you know, that, that comes back to what, what people are comfortable doing. I always, I always have an um, aversion to when people talk about independence for people who are blind and visually impaired. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, I'm more independent because I travel on my own. Yeah. But it's, that's, that, to me, that's not independence. It's what you're comfortable doing. I mean, that doesn't make you more or less independent. What back. would make you more or less independent? It's a good question. Mm. I don't think anybody you, is, you know. Can you guys see again through my we, iPhone? Just... We got you. We have got you. Yep. Okay, super. Then I'll, I'll switch to um, the OCO application. Um, so currently, of course, I, 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 I didn't delete the application. 
to go through the full onboarding. I'll leave that to, uh, to the audience. And I think it's very important to note that the onboarding is there to um, emphasize it again, that indeed uh, it's not a substitute. You should also to get a hang of our technology, read out the instructions that we're providing to you. So please do not skip them. So Michael, um, just to, just to uh, uh, come back to the onboarding there. So I assume that's a, a process when you first start the app that will teach you how to use it, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Indeed, yeah. It's basically just giving you the just what is OCO all about. Mm -hmm. uh, as you're as you're new to the application, you're there to know what what it's all about. And these days, it's indeed to convey the pedestrian traffic light status. Yeah. Um, in the future, that will be a bit more. But of course, it's now tailored to that specific functionality. And do uh, do users have to enter like an email address or a telephone number or anything like that when no. they? Uh... Okay. No. So yeah. Just go straight the, into the app. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I think it's a couple of screens that you need to go through, right. um, basically to inform you about what the type of feedback that you can expect, uh, how to properly use it. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, 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 of course, tell it also just right now. Because um, basically, I think it's before going into the, the feedbacks. Um, so basically, our application is useful for conveying the, the walk, don't walk, and the, the countdown signal. Yes. Um, I think countdown signal for some states, it, it can differ. It's either uh, a red flashing hand or um, a red hand with the amount of seconds left to cross. We don't convey, and that's a good emphasize, we don't convey the amount of seconds left. It's just, again, uh, conveying the information that the countdown signal is on but not the amount of seconds they have to cross. So this is um, using uh, like artificial intelligence to actually yeah. identify the physical symbols on the walk. Uh, yeah, on the exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's why we also only focus on the pedestrian light, because of course, pedestrians should cross at intersections where there's a pedestrian traffic light. Yes. Although we see in some parts of the United States that uh, sometimes a pedestrian should follow a car light, which is a green, yellow and red light could be more like towards like the suburbs or just older uh, intersections. Uh, so generally speaking, we only look at the uh, pedestrian, led, uh, pedestrian heads, mm -hmm. uh, but we are thinking to what extent it might be useful to also look at car traffic lights, but that induces more complexity because of course you need to uh, be aware of where those specific scenarios happen and where uh, in other scenarios the pedestrian light is just uh, the focus. So that's maybe a bit off topic, but that's an interesting one that we've we found out through traveling across the United States. And presumably in different countries, you would need to program the app differently because they would have yeah. different symbols for the crossings, right? Yeah, that's, that's a great one, actually, because and that's also why it, it took a while to uh, convert the OCO application from what's it doing here in Europe versus what's it doing in the United States. And mm -hmm. indeed, it, it comes down to trading an artificial intelligence algorithm um, and be able to train a powerful algorithm, you need a lot of data. Um, and in our scenario, it meant that we needed to collect a vast amount of uh, imagery data of pedestrian lights in, of course, not one city, but dozens of cities. And then it goes a bit even further that the fact that you also want to use this technology when it's raining, whenever it's snowing, whenever yeah, the sun yeah, is out, yeah, maybe yeah, in nighttime. Yeah. And again, from the artificial intelligence angle, you also need to collect that data throughout those uh, different scenarios. So we've collected data in nighttime, in daytime, in sunlight, mm. uh, snow, fog, I mean, anything sure. you can come there's, up with. There's a, there's a lot of variables that you have to account for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's why we, we really wanted to take our time 
to really make sure that the AI was on par of what it was doing uh, in, in Europe here. Yeah, yeah. And basically maybe to go a bit like more to like uh, how people like use our technology. Um, and that's something that we've actually learned uh, by really closely working with the, the, the community itself. Because from day one, as, as I mentioned, we, we started off with our friend Kenny, but ever since it, 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 and it is still a co-creation with the blind and visually impaired users. Because, um, of course, it's very important to build something that our users really like, and, and uh, we always listen to them how we can improve it. So it's already, like, let's say, maybe a, a smaller shout-out. We're always looking for feedback, positive, negative. Uh, we really don't care. It's just feedback that we want to have uh, to really make a better product for you guys today, tomorrow, in the future. Um, so going then into more like how people... Um, use it because that's something that we've learned actually from users. Um, the best way or the best practice to use our app is whenever, for example, if you're using a, and it, it's depending on the user, of course, if you're using a white cane, a guide dog, or any other tool, the moment that you're at an intersection, it can be with the white cane feeling the truncated domes or the curb ramp or, or anything else as a cue or a mental map even. That's exactly the moment that all of our users take out their phone or what's also very popular and, and that's also what we advise to people is these days like a lanyard where your phone is hanging around your neck is also a pretty interesting uh, case where the phone is hanging around the neck and whenever you need it you can just quickly grab it for any other action that you want to do so I at the moment question, like, which is the default camera which the uh, app uses is it the front camera or the back camera the back camera yeah, yeah. Okay. so it, it, it uses a back camera because, um, of course, that's also the better camera. The, sure. the front camera is yeah. not always that great. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's also pretty normal why it's a back camera, because most people, and I think ideally, you should hold your phone in, in uh, portrait mode. And ideal height is, roughly speaking, around chest level. Uh, but even better, and that's something that we've noticed, seeing users and, and how they use it, the best way to tackle it is to just put the phone against your chest, uh, again, in, port uh, in portrait mode, and the back camera towards the direction that you're walking in. Um, the reason why is, of course, from more like a comfort way. If you're holding your iPhone a couple of feet away, it can be a bit like heavy on your arm. Oh, sure, so just yeah. put, it, put it against the chest, and it's more comfortable for users. I know all about that, Michael, because I, uh, I went to a yoga class with my wife at the weekend, and uh, I had to hold weights away from my body. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that's that's just pure physics. It's just uh, what we call momentum. It's mm. like a force yep. uh, relative to your body. Um, so basically, whenever you put your phone against the chest, the back camera towards the direction that you're walking in, uh, depending, of course, how you're oriented at the traffic lights. If the traffic light is is in line of sight, um, you'll immediately feel the feedback uh, that we generate for you. And there's actually three types of feedback, uh, which are, of course, dependable on the walk, don't walk, or countdown status. But we have three types of feedback. One of them is audio feedback. The second is a vibration or a haptic feedback. And the third one is a visual overlay. Okay. Um, so I can quickly, because I'm now sharing my, uh, my yeah, screen. Yeah, let's take a look, see what those are like, and see if we can hear what, uh, what they sound like as well. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll quickly go to the bottom of the, if you click on the, the info um, and then all the way, 
because there's first text to give, get you a bit familiar with because what the, the functionality is all about. Mm -hmm. And then all the way in the in the bottom, there's a feedback session where you can play uh, some uh, some of these feedbacks. So I'll, I'll quickly start playing uh, with the don't walk signal. So that's a, a very short uh, yeah, audio cue that you'll hear. And it's good to note that the uh, haptic, of course, I, I can't, unfortunately. <laughs> let the, shake, can you shake transport. the camera a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, unfortunately, I can't transmit the, the, the vibrations, but the vibrations <laughs> are exactly the same pattern as the audible cue. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you can for tell example, from that audio cue that it's also the same audio cue that you typically get from most APSs, the yeah, auto pedestrian yeah, exactly. signals too. So. That, that, that's exactly as as why it's engineered like it is. Um, again, we we've learned from users and and because maybe that's a pretty fun story to tell. Um, we we actually started off by developing our own hardware because uh, we were from the scenario. Let's just build something like a, a GoPro that you huh. wear around chest level, something like that. Um, but of course, being a, a very young startup back then, and I'm, and then I'm talking two years ago. We like soldered uh, a very old radio speaker that my dad had somewhere laying around. Um, and the, the feedback that we then generated was like continuously, and we really got annoyed. It was like <laughs> the, the speaker continuously was talking like red, 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 like green, 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 green. And the, the, the noise was terrible, but also just the disturbance was also there. And it's a, it, it was at a certain moment that we've also learned that you want to maximize the amount of information, but minimize the amount of feedback that you will receive. So yeah. it, it should be an intuitive way. And that's how, or together we came up with, let's just produce a sound, which is similar to what an, an audible speaker these days makes, which makes it very easy to both use our app and an APS in construction. Because sometimes that's quite hard if you, you're using a certain application and you yeah, didn't use it in a while, like, what are the types of feedback that I can expect? Right, right, and that's right, why right. we wanted to make some sort of like the learning curve, or if you you haven't used our app for a while, to really make sure that it's pretty intuitive, like what the distinction is between a walk signal and a, and a don't walk signal. And so the feedback so, here for the don't walk would be the little beep, and then you would get the haptic, yeah. and then it would also flash red on the screen, right? Yeah, exactly. Of course, I can't mimic it because there's no yeah. traffic light right here right, in the right, office, right, right. unfortunately. Um, so. But I'll, I'll quickly play again the tone walk and then I'll mm -hmm. quickly uh, switch to the walk signal. Yeah, good. So it's a walk, it's a slow beep. So it's it's, it's actually similar to the, the locator tone as, as you guys call it. And then for the walk signal, of course, it's again, there's numerous of types of APSs that you can find, some that speak, some that make a beep. So we've made it more similar to the, to the beeping one. So this is a signal, or sorry, a feedback that you'll hear whenever the walk signal is activated. Definitely can't mistake the don't walk no. with the walk. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're very different. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, of course, there is also the, the third feedback, which is a countdown signal. Um, of course, again, and it's a good uh, thing to emphasize uh, something that we've learned again through talking to LM people and, and users in general. In the US, of course, you're, you should wait, or whenever you're arriving in an intersection, you should wait for another cycle. At least that's uh, how people learn you. 
mm-hmm. uh, how to do that. So again, the, the countdown signal is not there to, let's say, hurry up, you need to cross the street. It's just, again, merely to notify you that the walk signal has changed to the countdown signal amid your crossing, for example, if, it, if it's a large crossing or if just the, the, the signal, the walk signal is, is not too long on. Um, so that's why it's there. And basically it's, it's some sort of, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just play it because it's hard to mm-hmm. even put it in words how it sounds. Um, so I'll quickly play the, the countdown signal. Oh, nice. Sounds like a metronome. Yeah, it's, it's some sort of, I mean, it, if you think about the countdown, it's, it, it is some sort of a timer mm-hmm. uh, ticking down like nine seconds left, eight seconds left. Yep. Um, so it was from that angle that we tried to some sort of put like a timer-ish feedback. Although uh, a user, I think it was in, in Chicago or Detroit, I don't know, um, he, he mentioned this. It, it, it also uh, like reminds me of some sort of horse, like when you're on a horse. Yeah. But yeah. actually, it, it is pretty funny. And indeed, it could be the case that you uh, see a horse in it. Or you should have it so that when the time runs out, you just get a... <laughs> Good use, I want you to use that exact nay. No, no, you have to pay for that one. Oh, that's no free nays here. <laughs> Quick uh, comment here in the chat uh, from Darren, who asks, uh, what if your phone has three cameras like my iPhone 14 Pro Max? I think Darren just wanted to let us know that you had an iPhone 14 Pro well, Max. Well, yeah, I mean, those, back of the, the IT, the, those iPhones that have multiple camera yep. on the back, they're, you know, it... Uh, my understanding, and Michael, maybe you, you have a clearer picture, but you don't, as an app developer, I don't think you get to really decide mm. which of those three cameras, all three of them are being used in tandem, depending on mm-hmm. what your, if it's a wide angle, close shot, night, oh, you oh, know, oh. so, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and I do also have an iPhone 14 Pro, not to brag, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, um, maybe to answer the question, so it, it, it indeed, uh, has three cameras, but we don't use all three cameras. We just use one, the the normal one. I think mm-hmm. it's just uh, the lower one of the three, um, which basically is the normal zoom, like a one x zoom, um, which provides us the opportunity to have like a both horizontal and vertical wide angle view yeah, of sense. the intersection that you are uh, investigating or trying to find a traffic yeah, light. Yeah, because the wider but the angle, the easier it's going to be to locate yeah. uh, the crossing. Exactly. Yeah. So and I, I think it's. I think it's also an important question and or and that leads me to something that I didn't mention yet, but um, our goal is always to try to support as many people out there. Uh, of course, we're focused these days on iOS, as we know, but we support um, iPhone 8 and up. Um, so you can just use it on an 8 and any other device that new, sure. that's newer. The only difference, of course, and I think that's three good requirements of our technology. As you can see, we're using the camera, so the camera should be pretty good or at least pretty decent, Mm -hmm. but also the battery and the compute power should be uh, pretty good as well. Because of course, and that's also a thing that I didn't mention, but it's a good bridge to link it. Our technology doesn't use a Wi-Fi or a cellular connection, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can just even use your or our application in, in airplane modes. Um, so you can just always rely on it, even in like dead zones, if you're in bigger cities with tall buildings. Um, we, we just wanted to, to rely on those, um, let's say, techniques. 
Um, and that's why um, iPhone is, is a great tool. And, and again, Apple is there maybe pushing a bit more the boundary on the ability to run very complex software on, uh, on smartphones locally. Yeah. Is, is there work on porting to Android? Is that something you want to do? Or is it just because Android yeah. has so many different phones and cameras, it's just a little too difficult? Yeah, of course. I mean, we're definitely willing, but I think the complexity quite rapidly increases. Yeah. As I mentioned, the, the three requirements is battery, camera, and a good compute chip. Um, of course, if you go back to the iPhone 8 and then go to the newest one, I think there's like roughly 10 devices speaking. True. And as a younger startup um, with limited time and resources, we can only cope with these 10 devices, let's say, which is mm -hmm. still manageable. But if you think about the Android space in general and, and all the manufacturers that are, that are out there, it becomes quite a challenge, if not a, a huge and enormous yeah. challenge. Especially when you're talking about an app that's trying to help people safely cross yeah. roads. I mean, you exactly, really need yeah. to know that what you're, exactly. what you're running that on is, is good. Yeah, enough. you pick somebody picks up a $99 Android yeah, phone, exactly. you know, you can't yeah, expect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, well, that's the thing, that's though. Difficult. The person who buys a phone will expect it to work perfectly, no, well, regardless that, of the fact that all the components exactly. are. So, it, it, exactly. Exactly. You're right. Problem. And as a developer, that's, I mean, how, especially as you were saying, I mean, being all on board like that, that is a significant com yeah, really. computing power that's needed. So, hey, that, um, so anyway. Michael, we have some uh, some questions here from the from our lovely YouTube viewers. So I just wanted to make sure that we yeah. threw some of those out. Jonathan, let me turn on your, oh, you're already I, okay. How did you know? How did you know that was going to happen? Because he said that, and then you started the transition. <laughs> I, I, I anticipate all of your needs, Luke. Oh, well, you, I am a you, good partner. You still amaze me every day. I am a I good partner. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Jonathan, the question number one. Well, we've got a pretty good audience. They seem oh, rather good. excited about the prospect of Excellent. this app and they want it in their countries, they want it on their devices. Obviously, okay, there's, obviously. there's problems, uh, okay. at least in terms of the timeline. Yes. But we have specifically brought up a couple of different things. Okay. Um, we have inquiries as to whether they could be involved in a test flight beta to help training the AI. Um, this would be in their specific country, you mean? Yeah, or? so okay. we're getting um, like Canada and Germany. Um, there's mentions of things called Ampelmannchen, uh, oh, oh like, we had this whole conversation. Yeah, we did once before in Germany that it's a yeah, it's specialty a, walk sign. He's a it's a, it's a <laughs> walk in man. Germany they have like a, it's a little guy and his name is uh, oh no it wasn't I had a conversation with Paul and Paula. I was going to say I do not yeah, remember yeah. this no, conversation. No, I had a conversation with Paul and Paula if they're connected <laughs> yeah. in Germany. Um, they have a sir, uh, the the walk and don't walk guy is like this character. Yeah. yeah. And then when the wall came down, <laughs> yeah, it was a whole big thing like the East. I yeah, think they used it in the, the West, East. but the East didn't or vice versa. Yeah, yes. well, they got all angry because Umpenhomber or whatever his name was. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah this but that's exactly what they're saying. Yeah. Is there's all these novelty. Yeah, uh, so how does it cope like, with all of those? Yeah, yeah. the yeah. localities yeah. might need to specifically gather that data sure. themselves yeah. if okay, they want to help. Let's toss that over to Michael. So, Michael, I guess, yeah, like any plans to release in other countries? And if so, are we gonna are you gonna be running betas to gather data? Like, what's what's the deal? Yeah, um, I think it also comes down to the fact that we, I mean, we we co-founded the business with three uh, co-founders, and then we also have two full-time employees. So in general, mm -hmm. we are a team of five these days. Mm -hmm. So again, it comes down to a bit of like limited resources, time, and focus. Sure. Sure. Um, we are from Belgium, but I think that's pretty interesting news. And Luke and Corey, that's probably news new to you as well. But we will be relocating our company to the United States as of May onwards. So that's in roughly three weeks from now. So it's 
pretty exciting to make the move. Good for you. Congratulations. I think the reason, the reason why is, of course, the adoption of our app has been amazing in the past six weeks. I think we are now topping a couple of thousand users already and already 50,000 streets uh, detected by our uh, OCO application. So that's why we really focus now these days on the United States, although we get a lot of inquiries through other types of channels or just generally on our website to beta test in Canada, in, in, uh, in Germany or any other country. Um, of course, if you're talking about artificial intelligence and, and if you look at what we do, you also need to make sure that you uh, are developing something and you need to make sure that the technology works in that country. So it's it's not a, as another application that you can just quickly say like, yeah, just beta test it for me mm. and provide some feedback. To, and that's maybe a bit of a downside, but you need to make sure that the AI is properly working. Yeah, and that, that means that you need to invest quite some time before putting it out there in the hands of as many people. Although I think for, and it's maybe a bit of uh, an upside for Canadian people, um, generally speaking, the, the walk signal and the don't walk signal across the Northern American area, so Canada and the United States, generally speaking, the traffic lights are the same, hence mm -hmm. meaning that the AI will also work in, in Canada. Um, but of course, as we now are making and planning the move, we're quite busy uh, with handling all those things. So I think people can definitely sign up uh, either through our website, which is eyes.ai, A-Y-E-S.ai. And then there's like a link where you can um, leave your leave your details. Um, but basically people get on the waiting list um, and we just also want to make, I want to be straightforward to not make any false promises into uh, making any commitment to any other country. But of course, that's definitely on our radar, given that also other countries suffer maybe from inaccessible crossings. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I would so, think it would be helpful for you, Mike, if people go to the website and, th and put those contact forms in because they'll give you an idea then of how, you know, where yeah. you obviously want to focus on where you're going to have the biggest impact. Yeah. So yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's 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 indeed a good thing to mention. Yeah, we we always follow also where there's a lot of buzz being created on, on our technology and where um, our technology actually might be helpful. And I think that's a good case in Japan, actually. And in Japan, our application is also in uh, in test flight, which is, and the reason why, of course, is uh, just by word of mouth and no, um, let's say, engagement on our end, because we don't speak Japanese, unfortunately. But um, basically, there was one person at some point reaching out to us and then we said, like, okay, maybe we should give it a go. And from that point, I think we're now more than 1,500 users testing it in Japan and awesome. really actively, which yeah, cool. makes sense. And, and, and that's why we're maybe putting a bit more focus to countries where people are raving and really waiting and, and need a technology. Like yeah, that. that makes a lot of sense. I can't help but wonder, Corey, if yes. you combine something like this with like a uh, Trekker breeze or something like that, you know what I mean? Could you have yeah, the, I mean, the, the ultimate navigation device? More the the, the Stellar. Yeah, I mean, stellar now, track, now that yeah, they exactly, have that yeah. Stellar, mm -hmm. I mean, what a what a now the again, who knows what the, the different platforms? But I mean, that thing's got a uh, camera in it already. It does. Yeah, so, I don't know what their computing power and all that, but yeah, well, it would be an interesting partnership. Um, Jonathan, question number two, please. No, I lumped them all together. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well that, was that was very efficient of you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, cool. cool. So, uh, I, uh, Michael, I was looking on your website, 
and I did um, see a section which was talking about um, collaborating with orientation and mobility specialists, and there was a mm -hmm. uh, there was a button to find out more, but I, the button didn't seem to work. So <laughs> I don't know if it was just me or what was going on. But uh, anyway, I was interested in in what capacity that collaboration uh, exists. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we're constantly now updating our our website, also making it a bit more oriented towards the United States market. Um, I think generally speaking, the United States, as we've been traveling for the past four weeks, like in February, March, it's amazing to see the country and, and how much organizations um, are focused around assisting blind and visually impaired people. In Belgium, it's a little bit less. You have O&M skills, but I think it stops there. Uh, but for example, the United States, which blown blown myself away, is like blind school specifically for uh, blind or low vision children. So it's amazing to see the ecosystem, and that's also why we love being part of that ecosystem. But generally speaking, an O&M instructor, it's the same is true for here in Belgium. Our technology requires some adaptation, like how to properly use it. And we see the, the O&M instructors as the key stakeholder into the story of, of both instructing how to use our app, but also recommending our application, maybe client A might be useful and uh, might be able to use it, but maybe client B not at all due to any uh, certain situation. So that's why we really want to partner up, but maybe partnering is maybe like a very official terminology. Um, it's not really like a, a commercial partnership. Mm -hmm. It's just rather that we can um, make use of them such that our technology is properly used and trained. Because of course, as a young company, again, we can't travel like to every other user across the States mm -hmm. to show him or her how to properly use it. And that's why we also want to rely on these O&M instructors uh, to spread the word or uh, instruct people properly. And, uh, and that's why exactly, that's why it's on the website and probably it's, it's going to be up there like a dedicated web page for O&M instructors. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Talking of O&M structures, we have somebody in the chat here, uh, Swatara. I apologize if my pronunciation was poor, which it probably was. Uh, but uh, Swatara says, uh, as a comms, I was very excited to try this app. What I found was that the streets without the walk slash don't walk signal, um, the app doesn't work well. We've, yeah, so we've covered that because obviously it's looking for those you know specific mm -hmm. walk and don't walk signs. I think that's a misconception. I had it. So when I originally heard of this app, yeah. I thought it was detecting re uh, green, red, ah, yellow. Okay, and that's what Swatara goes on to say. Yeah, yeah, that was my mm -hmm. misconception too. That I, that I don't know. I think, and I think I suppose it makes sense when you think of when you hear, oh, it detects traffic, you know. But yeah, yeah obviously, it's not doing that. It's doing the actual yeah. pedestrian. So, so Swatara says, uh, I'm encouraging you to use the red, green, yellow lights as this would be a solution to streets without uh, an APS. But uh, yeah. Yes, Talk I, about that. yeah, that's an interesting one. And maybe talking a bit more about uh, O&Ms, because again, that, that's something that we've noticed in the United States is pretty important as well. Like the the tendency to veer off when crossing a street. And I think it, it the tendency to veer off is bigger with uh, like broader intersections with more lanes. Oh, I sure. think it's also for uh, the audience pretty interesting to know that our technology also assists with veering off. The reason why is um, it's pretty simple. So you, again, you put the phone at chest level. For example, the walk signal comes on. Of course, you also uh, use your other mobility skills or earring, uh, both ears to uh, make a considered decision. I'm going to start crossing the street. The moment that you're veering off into traffic, either left, right, 
Well, also the moment that given that the camera is at chest level, you will rotate left or right. Um, and that will be the moment that the uh, traffic light is not in line of sight of the camera anymore. Mm -hmm. And that means that the audio or haptic or visual overlay feedback stops. And again, a lot of people use it then to reorient themselves, either again, like rotating, rotating 10, 15 degrees left, right, uh, to find where the traffic light again is. And that's the beauty of it. Again, it, it runs locally. So the feedback again pops up again whenever you found the light. Um, and that's why we call it some sort of like we create a virtual corridor with feedback. Um, and you should try to follow the sound into crossing the street. Um, but of course, as we just launched it six weeks ago, there's a lot of things and hence why we want to gather feedback on how we can improve those things in making it better or yeah, adapting these as, things. As you talk about that, I, you know, an idea pops in my head. And first of all, I love the idea of assisting with veering because I think that really, you know, besides getting across the street, knowing when to cross, the next real big issue is veering. Um, and obviously there are plenty of mobility skills that you should still use listening to your traffic, blah, blah, blah all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I like the idea of, of this app and I totally get it when, when you, when it stops, you obviously have lost, you're not looking straight ahead anymore. What would be interesting, and I, and I don't know if it would be cognitive overload or too much, but if there is a way for you to add, so when, when the, you know, let, let's say you're going across the street and you veer to the right. Obviously, the, sig the, 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 the pedestrian signal has fallen off the camera on the left side, right? Does that make sense if you yep, veer if right? You right, right. Yep, yep. Is there an audio cue that can be given to let you know which way you are veering? Because a lot of times people don't even realize which way they're veering. That's a very good point. And so... You know, is is there an app? You know, is there a way for the AI or the app to detect, you know, when the traffic signal falls off on the left side, make this sound, or the right side, this sound? You almost need spatial uh, audio. Yeah, but then you're doing headphones, yeah. which we don't want yes. to recommend. So, anyways, uh, just an I'm uh, uh, just an idea that popped in my head. Throw it out there. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we we we've we've heard it sometimes uh, some time ago, but I think multiple users mentioned it as well. That it could be interesting. I think most of them mention it at season, actually. Um, indeed, it, as you mentioned, it shouldn't be too much information because the beauty of the application now it's pretty intuitive. There's not too much feedback going on. Yeah. You just know whenever something is happening. In the moment that you indeed increase the complexity, it should be still intuitive. And that's why we're always looking forward to engage with users in person to really make sure that if we're adding something new, which and again, take some time to engineer that it's also very useful because otherwise it, mm -hmm. yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But I think that's definitely a cool one. And from a technical uh, standpoint, it's definitely feasible to, um, to provide that information you're hearing right or left. Yeah. Um, it's just finding a good way to provide it to, to the end user. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which sometimes is harder than figuring out the technology side. Michael, I have to ask you, I have to ask you this. 
Oh, this sounds... <laughs> okay, well, yeah, we'll see how we get snapped. Do I need to sit down or... Uh... Yeah, you may need to. Buckle up. Take, take a swig of your whiskey, okay? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just wondering, uh, obviously you're a company, and companies <laughs> e exist to, to make money. This is a free yep. app, which is awesome. I thought the same. Uh, yeah. there, Five there must staff. Be some, there must, yeah, there must be some plans to monetize this at some point. Like, what <laughs> is your vision for the future of this? Yeah, sure. Um, I think from day one, our vision has always been the same and it, it, it still remains, um, if, whether it's in Belgium, in our home country or in the United States, where we're more going to focus on. Generally speaking, and that's maybe a bit focused on the functionality that Oco now entails, but basically we are from the idea that if a sighted person doesn't need to look or doesn't need to pay to look at the traffic light and hence knows whenever it's safe to cross, um, nor does a blind or a uh, low vision person needs to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's the analogy that we always want to make for any other feature that we are going to develop onwards. But that means indeed that the user or the end user um, can use our application free of charge. Our vision is merely working with like a, or partnering up with a third party, be that a city, a government or a healthcare uh, institution to really make sure that they can facilitate that free usage and of course sustain our business because of course indeed you don't want to end up in a situation where we don't make money and hence the solution can't be used anymore yeah, yeah um sure. so that's that's a pretty bold and um uh, i would maybe even say it a challenge as well to find like the right business model that works in the united states but again sure. cities have difficulties they have just generally difficulties with infrastructure mm -hmm. we might be able to um elevate some of those challenges, maybe if not all, but I'll leave that in the middle um, and see how we can collaborate. Because of course, we, we see ourselves um, more than only solving accessibility issues. Um, for cities, it can also be interesting to gain insights on where maybe uh, blind and vision impaired people are walking and hence maybe their needs can be tailored to uh, accessibility policies because we can maybe provide data on where people are walking or maybe if some roads do need maintenance because of course and I, this may be a, a short thing that i didn't mention there's always an option if you scan a traffic light with our app to uh, contribute to this to the community in a sense that you can upload an image of that specific intersection that you just crossed it's not only to make a product better for you but just an awesome product for everyone else mm -hmm. but in that data might be at some point that we can also see how cities are interested to learn more like maybe a stupid idea but like know whenever the trees needs to be cut uh, or uh, the sidewalk needs to have repair uh, maintenance or anything else so we see ourselves more as also like at some point maybe a data accessibility on top of cities sure. um, where we help now with crossing the street but there's so much more cool stuff that we can think of but also want to uh, learn from our audience and users in general where we should go into. I mean, even just from the crossing perspective, if a city has got the a choice between the expense of installing accessible mm -hmm. crossings and maintaining them, or of you know paying you guys to provide your solution you, and get the same result, you got to do both. 
Uh, how many people aren't smartphone users? You know, yeah, no, that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I guess yeah, it is one of those. They're gonna and get then, free smartphones for everyone. Problem solved. <laughs> but how many people? How many people can open up the app and the you know? Give free training to everyone. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a very good point. I think it. I think it's. I think it's super important to have both. But I will say, you know, again, as a cane traveler, there are plenty of times where I come up to an intersection. And have no idea that there even is an APS there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not beeping. Then there's just you know, no. and where sometimes they're just not anywhere even near the corner. <laughs> the arrows pointing no, no. like some weird, you know. So it's great to have. Again, it's I, I think this is a great tool to 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 for those times where you potentially can't find. I guess that would be the benefit of a standalone device is then you wouldn't have to worry about cell phone usage. So if you have a standalone device and then you can give that to free to people. And, yeah, then yeah. It, but it comes into, you know, anytime you do those standalone devices, how many times, <laughs> how, who's, how many devices are you carrying at a time? Yeah, and, indeed. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, you, we're it, we're from the same philosophy. Like yeah. if you need to have like an hardware for any other solution, you need to carry like a bag with all yeah. your tools. <laughs> yeah. They need to be charged and everything. So yeah, yeah. No, that makes it's sense. also a pity. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, um, I think we're we're out of time. We are. Yeah, uh, it's been amazingly. The time yeah. has absolutely flown by here. We, uh, it's been a very interesting yeah. chat. Yeah, we appreciate your time today, Michael. I think this is again. I've used the app. I think it's really cool. A great tool to add to your toolbox. Um, and so, and it's free. Why not go and download it? Hop over to the the website A Y E S. Is that right? Uh, yeah, well, remember, yeah, yeah thank exactly you. What it is. Um, <laughs> use that contact form too to, to if you if you're in a different country and you're interested, let them know so that they know where their interest is and no promises. Mm -hmm. But obviously, the more uh, interest they have in, in countries, the the better chance. You do realize you're just to. encouraging people to email repeatedly. <laughs> well, 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 Same not person repeat, not email a thousand yeah, times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just change. Different name every I time. want you to create a different email and the name, so then it seems like, well, oh my God, we have ten thousand people. <laughs> Just in Germany alone, we, we better get over there. <laughs> no, let's be honest. <laughs> and maybe a, a final thing that I wanted to Please. mention, like if you're searching, for example, the Oak Web in the App Store, uh, there's multiple Ocos, uh, but oh. the best way is either to search for Ice Oco, so A-Y-E-S-O-K-O, uh -huh. or Oco AI Copilot for the Blind, which is like our tagline. Uh, but if you like, and I can also put like a direct link to the app store in the chat here. Yes, please. Yeah, go for it. That'd, That'd be great. great. Make sure you just send that to both hosts and panelists, please. So yeah, yeah, sees. sure. Great. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. I've yeah, just I done will. it. But Thank just you just a thing that you uh, you search it well, because otherwise maybe it's a pity to not find it and you're uh, yeah, really wanted to use it. Yeah, you don't want the wrong app while you're holding it up, wondering why you're not getting any, <laughs> <laughs> any feedback about. Like, I think it's beeping. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on uh, for, for the second time in yeah. a row now, considering our first yeah. presentation did not go as expected. So yeah. thank you so much for being flexible with that and coming back on again. We really appreciate it. Thanks to all of the audience, both on a Zoom and on YouTube. It's uh, been great having you all as usual. And we are looking forward to doing this again in two weeks' time. And in two weeks' time, of course, the topic that we will be hosting will be... Well, I, what I would recommend is going over to techconnect.vision-forward.org. Ah. Sign up for that free account so that you, so that you know. can see the entire schedule, see any of our archived versions of Tech Connect Live. Yeah. You can also see uh, Tech Connect Live 2022, so you can go see last oh, year's. Yeah. 
And not only that, and there's more, wow. you can access uh, some of our professional webinars that are available on demand for ACVREP credit. All of that is your, in the palm of your hand if wow. you just take 39.7 seconds I feel like that number changed since the last time. Well, I said under in. 45. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yep. Um, yeah, so definitely sign up for that. I think Corey sold it very nicely there. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Create an account. If it takes longer than 45 seconds, <laughs> you get a full refund. You'll get a full <laughs> refund. Yep. Um, <laughs> what, was that, uh, what was that URL again, uh, Corey? TechConnect.vision forward.org. Tech forward mm. Once again, TechConnect.vision forward. Dot dot .org. Thank you very much. Yeah, so do sign up there. You'll be able to see the schedule and then you'll find out what's in two weeks because we have absolutely no idea. No, we do. <laughs> so it's a clear, We know everything. We do? Oh, I have do we actually no idea. Oh, okay. uh, oh, yeah, so uh, go ahead and uh, check that out for the next show. Whatever it is, I'm sure it'll be very exciting. And we look, <laughs> sure we will. We look forward to seeing you there in two weeks' time. Bye for now, everybody. Bye, all. Thanks for joining us for another Tech Connect Live. If you enjoyed Corey and Luke's antics, be sure to join us next time. For all things Tech Connect, go to vision-forward.org slash techconnect.